Hello, and welcome to Blood Advances Talks. Blood Advances Talks are scholarly review articles that are presented in an audio format and published in the American Society of Hematology's open access journal, Blood Advances. Transcripts for Blood Advances Talks undergo the same rigorous peer review process as all articles published in Blood Advances. We thank you for listening. My name is Dr. Alexis Thompson. I'm the hematology section head in the Division of Hematology, Oncology, and Stem Cell Transplantation at the Ann and Robert H. Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. I'm also a professor of pediatrics at the Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. The title of my talk is New Developments in the Management of Sickle Cell Disease. I have no relevant conflicts of interest to declare. In one of the earliest volumes of the journal Blood, Max Weintraub noted that the remarkable changes found in the cardiovascular system in case of sickle cell disease may be the result of adjustments to severe anemia of exceptional chronicity. Dr. Weintraub, in 1946, described cardiac enlargement, perhaps due to anemia, as well as the possibility that the peculiar deformities of red blood cells might be the primary cause of more widespread circulatory stasis and paroxysms of severe pain in patients with sickle cell disease. In the intervening years, scientific discoveries have advanced our understanding of the biochemical, molecular, and genetic basis of sickle cell disease, so arguably clinical advances have lagged. The launch of Blood Advances provides an opportunity to highlight progress and to underscore opportunities in sickle cell disease research and clinical care that hold great promise to transform this condition. There have been a number of milestone advances in sickle cell disease, largely driven by clinical and translational research that have been practice changing. From the adoption of newborn screening across the United States, the success of penicillin prophylaxis in reducing infections, to the capacity of hydroxyurea to alter the course of this disease. Transcranial Doppler, or TCD, ultrasound has been a major contributor to a marked reduction in strokes in children. However, much about the pathophysiology of these cerebrovascular lesions and how they relate to the more daunting brain injuries in overt strokes is still not clear. Clinical and translational research has advanced our understanding of pulmonary complications of sickle cell disease, including acute chest syndrome, sickle lung disease, pulmonary hypertension, and more effective treatment options are needed. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute's 2016 expert panel report framed the strengths of evidence and made recommendations based on the management of a range of sickle cell complications focused on primary care practitioners. However, this effort also exposed many knowledge gaps in areas of limited research activity in sickle cell disease. There are new therapies in development for disease management and curative options. At present, the NIH website clinicaltrials.gov lists over 40 interventional trials in sickle cell disease that are currently recruiting subjects. Interventions include rationally designed agents that target sickle cell disease, such as GBT440, rivapansil, and CellG1, or repurposed drugs, such as simvastim, Panabenistat and regadenosine 
that mechanistically may have some efficacy in sickle cell disease. Several therapies have reached to later stages of clinical testing, providing hope that additional options for patients may be available in the foreseeable future. In the past, completion of clinical trials in sickle cell have been hampered by inadequate or slow accrual. However, there are notable exceptions from which many lessons might be learned. Also, despite reasonable study design with feasible endpoints, solid statistical plans, full accrual, negative trials in sickle cell disease, as with many other conditions, can still be informative. Hematopoietic stem cell transplants using HLA-matched siblings is now an established curative treatment for children with sickle cell disease. However, donor availability and regimen toxicity have been impediments to wider use. Identification of alternate donor stem cell sources, reduced intensity conditioning regimens with optimized post-transplant immunosuppression have yielded promising results including renewed interest in stem cell transplants for adults with sickle cell disease. Gene therapy and gene editing are additional new technologies that are particularly appealing as potential curative interventions for hemoglobinopathies. Some of these approaches take advantage of knowledge gained from basics and translational research on genetic modifiers of sickle cell disease. One subgroup of patients with sickle cell that deserve special attention are adolescents and young adults. It is estimated that 94 to 99% of children with sickle cell disease will survive to age 18 years in middle and high resource countries. However, the transition from pediatric to adult care is clearly a period where much attention is still needed. Compared to other groups with sickle cell disease, Patients between the ages of 18 and 30 have a seven-fold increase in mortality, high rates of comorbidities such as asthma, sickle lung disease, and renal dysfunction, high rates of hospitalization and rehospitalizations, and higher prevalence of depression compared to the general population. Some research has implicated changes in the pathophysiology of sickle cell disease that temporarily coincides with late adolescence when many patients unfortunately also experience a loss of their usual source of care and also insurance coverage. Currently, there are no national evidence-based guidelines for sickle cell transition. However, multiple efforts are underway. Sickle cell disease is a global health issue as designated by the World Health Organization and the United Nations, among others. Newborn screening and earlier intervention in countries like Jamaica and Brazil demonstrate the impact of these efforts that they can have on this vulnerable population. Unfortunately, most people in areas of the world with the highest gene frequency do not know that they in fact have sickle cell disease, and as a consequence, treatable or preventable complications of sickle cell go unaddressed, markedly reducing survival. Studies estimate that between 50 and 90% of children with sickle cell disease in some countries will die before reaching five years of age. And the projections are that three countries, Nigeria, India, and the Democratic Republic of Congo, will bear the worldwide burden of nearly half of the children with sickle cell disease born in the next few decades. Many fundamental observations of sickle cell disease have arisen from research in Africa, including the relative protection of sickle cell trait against malaria, 
and the identification of beta-globin haplotypes from multiple geographic loci from which the sickle mutation originated. Given the high burden of disease in African countries, opportunities for collaborative research in Africa could enhance our understanding of genotype-phenotype relationships, identify additional genetic modifiers, and reduce sickle-related mortality with early intervention and improvements in care. There are a number of recent ASH initiatives in sickle cell disease. The clinical phenotype of sickle cell disease is variable, while many factors such as inheritance, co-inheritance of alpha thalassemia and endogenous elevated fetal hemoglobin are associated with less frequent pain episodes, there are very limited data on other markers that can reliably predict the severity of sickle cell disease in any given patient. The ASH research priorities capture many of the most pressing questions of the day, identifying predictors of disease severity, developing novel therapies, enhancing pain research, and exploring new healthcare delivery models to improve access to high-quality care for patients with sickle cell disease. Research initiatives, both new and ongoing in these areas, will provide much needed clarity to address many remaining challenges. The multifaceted ASH sickle cell disease initiatives also includes advocacy for more sickle cell disease research opportunities from federal agencies, facilitation of drug development through the Food and Drug Administration, increased effort in sickle cell disease surveillance by the Centers for Disease Control and Protection, and exploration of innovative payment models for sickle cell disease care. Earlier in 2016, ASH called upon other national and international organizations to work collectively to improve outcomes, including enhancing quality of life for individuals with sickle cell disease and in doing so, ASH has taken a leadership role in establishing the Sickle Cell Disease Coalition. The Sickle Cell Disease Coalition aims to conquer sickle cell by enhancing awareness, addressing unmet need in specific priorities areas, and where possible, harmonizing efforts on behalf of sickle cell disease patients and the providers that care for them. The current status of sickle cell disease and the goals for the future have been masterfully summarized in the ASH State of Sickle Cell Disease 2016 report, which is now available online. In summary, we have unprecedented opportunities to advance research and provide high-quality medical care for patients with sickle cell disease. Hydroxyurea is an effective agent to control many complications, but it is currently underutilized. Widespread adoption and implementation of evidence-based guidelines, such as the NHLBI Expert Panel Report, can provide a framework for optimizing care across the lifespan. Identification of knowledge gaps in sickle cell disease has created opportunities for research and potential improvements in care. Just as we have seen ash and blood over many decades continue to enlighten us about the evolution of scientific discoveries in sickle cell disease, and the possibilities of making high-quality, evidence-based care more accessible, we all look forward to reading and learning more in the coming months and years in Blood Advances. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Blood Advances Talks. Please visit bloodadvances.org for more audio reviews and for information on how to subscribe to the Blood Advances Talks podcast. 
A full transcript of this podcast can be found online. Music for Blood Advances Talks is performed by the Art Topolo Trio and provided by Dr. Art Topolo. This presentation is copyrighted by the American Society of Hematology, all 